Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now your host, Lisa Kosky. Listeners, I am so glad you're here. This is one of those episodes that we got so deep and talked so long that it's actually going to be spread over two weeks time. I have finally have a narcissist expert on my podcast. It's the internationally renowned Tracy Malone. She's an expert in narcissism. She's lived through it and she's got a lot of exciting things happening in her future too, related to sharing her story with the world. She's written a book called Divorcing Your Narcissist, You Can't Make This Shit Up. And it is such a great conversation. And I learned so much about Tracy. And then here's the little tidbit that's amazing. Part two is a client of mine, Incognito, who's divorcing a narcissist right now. She has some questions for Tracy. So that is going to come in the second segment. When you hear me introduce Tracy in this first segment, I don't know yet that we're going to turn this into two. So just know that we're going to hear Tracy's authentic story, her painful story, and how she changed it to try to help heal people. I ask her, how do we know someone's a narcissist? And I also learn about whether or not you can mediate with a narcissist. So you're going to love this episode. Stay tuned. It's a good one. Welcome listeners. I am feeling super blessed today for a couple of reasons. One of them is I have an internationally recognized specialist on narcissism. And I have never had anyone on my podcast talk about narcissists. And I think it's, I know, can you believe it? And I've been doing this for about a year and a half. So I'm so excited that I have Tracy Malone, the author of Divorcing Your Narcissist. You can't make this shit up. (laughs) I can't think of a better title. And I'm So excited to get to know you better and learn from you. So we're going to have you share your story. Then I'm going to ask a couple questions about how you know someone's a narcissist and can you mediate with a narcissist? But there's one other special thing about this episode, which I rarely do. I have a current client who is going through the very difficult situation of a divorce with a narcissist. And she isn't showing her face and we're calling her Lisa's client, but she has some questions for you, Tracy. So at the end, we're going to let her pop in and ask her questions. So I am just so thrilled to have you here. And Tracy, can you share with my listeners 
how you got into this line of work? Basically, the word above my head is Sir Thriver. So I was a Sir Thriver of narcissistic abuse. I went through a torturous divorce about 10 years ago. Um, the judge called it the most tortured divorce in our town's history. I had no idea why we had seven trials. We were fighting over $50,000. I was, house was already sold. That's the profit. Split it. Have a nice day. And it became a war. And it was a war to financially ruin me. And they succeeded. That my divorce cost $100,000 to fight for my 25, which was in escrow with the lawyer. So they just got that. And then another 75, I was in debt to them. And I had no idea was what was going on. I honestly didn't understand. I'd been divorced once before. We agreed on things, set at a table, mediated. He went into court, stamped it, had a nice day. That was like what I expected. It was torture. And all the false allegations and the lies. And I didn't understand where that was coming from. Still didn't know. But I had a therapist who I was under treatment with. And I was like, do you know anything about this? And he said, oh, they like to look in the mirror. I was like, that's not exactly what a narcissist is, sir. But had he known, I would have been in a much better place during that divorce process. And I didn't really know about narcissists until a couple of years later after dating a narc too. He was really a extremely toxic person. And uh, I found out he was cheating and went to forgive him about three months later after church in a forgiveness sermon. So he called the police and had me arrested. So I went to jail. And when I got out, someone said, look up gaslighting. That's what he's doing. And I was like, what's that? So my life unfolded and I started support groups for myself. <laughs> Still learning about it. And they blossomed into about 60 or 70 people a month. And I just kept learning. And I finally said, okay, enough bitching here. We've got to heal. So I started to teach them the things I was learning about healing. And that's how I learned. So I I enmeshed myself for my own recovery, not only for that jerk, but then also the divorce. It explained everything. And then, but why me comes up. Six months later, I'm still reeling going, why me? How could this happen? And the truth was to be found that I was raised by narcissistic parents. Mm. And both my sisters are narcissists. Oh my gosh. And I was just normalized to the crazy. I really was. I didn't know that ghosting wasn't normal. To me, that was family vacation. They'll be back. The lies, the things that you hear and stuff was just something I, I just knew as that's how we live. I didn't know that wasn't normal. So it came word to everything. And then I just kept on healing and kept on helping people and eventually opened my coaching door to victims. And then the divorce just led its path because of the groups and things that I have, the more I worked with people for years and years, I go, oh, that's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do. The book was born. <laughs> and that book, it's so good. I recommend it for anyone. And even though I'm not in the middle of divorcing a narcissist, there are things in here that are really eye-opening. And I'm wondering, do you find that it's common? You said you weren't aware of this. In your life. And do you think that's true for a lot of people who are going through this and then they suddenly they're ending the marriage and boom, 
You said, I think I heard you say you didn't expect it to go the way that it did. Oh, yeah. I believed the story, right? Narcissists create this story, this persona. We call it a mask. And I bought it hook, line, and sinker. So I truly believe because I have it on recordings because we went to group couples counseling. Oh, I'll be good to her. I would never do anything. Blah, 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 blah. I truly believe that. I had no idea what was going to happen. And my divorce was really run by his parents who were wealthy and out to get blood. They just, he quit his job. You can't make that shit up. There's so many things that he did and the accusations that were flying and just having to play defense. So, yeah. Yeah. I I think most people don't know it until they are faced with it. Someone says to them, sounds like a narcissist. And they start to do the deep dive that I did. And just most people who get on my screen are newcomers to understanding this. Okay. So that was something I was going to ask you. So most of the people, so if people listening to this are wondering and want help, they can contact you. And we're going to give you that information at the end, but that's so helpful. So you help people when they're first starting out. Do you have people who they're trying to heal from it? Like maybe it's been years back because I bet that's hard too. Yeah. And also there's always, I'm not saying there's always, I'd say there's a 96% happening that what happened to me happens to them, which is, oh my God, it was my family. Oh my God, I, I had this boyfriend. Oh my God, I had it in my past. It like we're repeat offenders because the normalized crazy that I lived was what I thought was normal. So right. they also went through this. So there seems to be a tie to some family or some origin that they never put two and two together. All we always said was my family was crazy. Okay. <laughs> That's Which every family's a little crazy. <laughs> but what was interesting for our family was that we lived in Westport, Connecticut, which is this waterfront town. Our house was on the water. We had a big yacht. The public persona of what our family was, was so not what it was, but that was what they were selling. If I would say, how come we don't go on vacations like other families? They're like, they were cruel and heartless. And again, but you live a good life. You live on the water. Shut up, kid, was what I ate. Okay. All right. That's fine. Okay. So this is leading into, I said I had a couple questions for you. My first one, and I honestly tried to do a little research. How do you know that someone's a narcissist? Because is it true when I read through like the red flags and the information, some people can have some characteristics? Is that correct? So can you clarify that a little bit for me? Sure. So there are several different types of narcissists. So the overt, which is grandiose, the one that you can see it like they're flamboyant and loud and need all the attention. Then there's the covert, which is what most people that don't see this had. A covert narcissist is one who has, well, they all have an amazing public persona that they built and they lie about, but the covert doesn't do things quite as obvious. They're a little bit more subtle and passive aggressiveness is more the weapon than the grandiose and the overt narcissist. There's just a whole bunch of them. 
But what I tell people is when we're looking, and I'll, I'll go over some of the characteristics to look for, but I actually hold up my rubber stamp and I say, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter if we give them a stamp or not. We check 80 things on my checklist. We don't need someone to go to the doctor and get diagnosed. We are treating you because of the things they're doing to you. And so again, the right. name is getting you to answers and they always like, oh my God, that's what I needed to hear. We don't care what we call them, but as a general rule, there's a bunch of things in the DSM, which is a grandiose self sense of self-importance, exaggerates achievements, believes that they're special, requires excessive admiration and validation, and they are entitled. But that is like the dumbest explanation for the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostical Statistical Manual for all therapists and psychologists to get that. This is a narcissist. Check, check six things. I'm like, no, the reality is that they use false love to manipulate people and they are selfish. They have no ability to feel shame, empathy, or guilt. So therefore they can do whatever they want. And it doesn't matter if you've been married to them for 30 years. You're just like pawn scum to them once you've gone into this black and white thinking. They use tactics like lying. They lie about everything. Those covert narcissists are so charming that everybody comes to the victim and says, oh, but your husband, your wife was so charming. Oh, we loved her so much. That's the public image. So they're putting out that. They gaslight and gaslighting is a, another sort of form of lying where they are basically telling you that what you saw, thought, or heard didn't happen. So you start to go a little crazy. Right. Oh, I'm pretty sure you said we were doing this. No, I didn't. And so the gaslighting is a way to manipulate your mind so that you lose who you are and lose what you believe so you stop believing in yourself. Mm -hmm. Most people don't do that. During the divorce, they often use the children as weapons. Narcissists do not care about children only to the extent that they are on their arm to show people with the picture of the white shirts and the blue jeans behind their desk. Look, I'm normal. I have one of those pictures. Look, my kids got straight A's. So they like to boast about them. But behind closed doors, they're evil and horrible to their children. And children grow up with this feeling never good enough. Okay. So you just said that they're evil to their children inside closed doors. That's helping me because I got a little bit concerned and for people like just genuine, innocent people, because you said they use false love. And I'm sure you can get sucked in to that love and feel like, oh, they adore me. They love me. And if that can continue on, I said, I heard you say 30 years. That's how long I've been married. If that can continue on that long, is that something that can oh, happen. Yeah. So it's yeah, not always that they're mean inside the house. No, it, it can vary. It's always the passive aggressive, the silent treatment, the ghosting. There's always that. Again, that passive aggressive level. But, you know, narcissists can have fun. People are like, but we went on great vacations. I'm like, yeah. Was a vacation all about them? Were you allowed to really do what you want? Oh, right. no. Okay. So it is something where. There's a line, there's a spectrum. Not all narcissists personally beat people. 
hurt them physically. Some do, right? Some are a little bit liars and some are always lying. Some cheat, some always cheat. So there's the spectrum. And so people are like, I never cheated, so I don't have that. Okay, there's some that just aren't that way and some that are. And it's really understanding all of the things and knowing they're on a spectrum so that you're not just as clean. No, that's not him. I'm good. Because these are things they they hurt people. And um, we have to understand that during divorce, something happens we call a narcissistic injury. So whether they decided or you decided, basically you go from all good to all evil. Black and white is what it's called, where they are just, you are the devil spawn. I have one client who's been married for 49 years to him. And the reason that marriages last that long with a narcissist is it's a cover, makes them look like a normal person in the society, but it's also dependent on the victim. If the victim tolerates someone not listening to their boundaries, I didn't know what a boundary was. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, I'm I'm still learning that. (laughs) So again, it's based on what the victim will tolerate. Very often they choose spiritual or religious people because they forgive and forget. So it's forgive me again, forgive me again. It's part of the game. Those are the the the, the kind of basic stuff that they... They stalk people, they buy, they call child protective services a hundred times more than a normal person would and always false allegations. They call the police and have people arrested. The jerk that had me arrested, I ended up having to reach out to his ex-wife afterwards and she said he'd arrested her three times. So it's just a tactic. If if that's the kind of person like Spectrum 99% are going to do it, but if it's, oh, that worked well. They're going to be doing it to everybody that gets in their way that they want to get rid of. Okay. And so what I'm hearing, though, that a big part, a big piece of this is the self-absorption. So that is something that I think most people can recognize. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's maybe a first clue for people? I know that looking at all of the, is that what you think? The self-absorption is certainly it. But what that means is that they don't really care about their children, that they really don't care about you. And they don't care if you have nowhere to leave or you're going to be bankrupt after a long divorce. They don't care. So that self-absorption is, it's all about me. I want this. I want the kids to need whatever it is. That's their modality for sure. Okay. So now this is a tough question for me because I'm an attorney turned mediator and I love to help people work through a divorce together. One thing I'm thinking of is I want to be able to spot and see, ooh, is this person a narcissist? Even if the other party doesn't know. And then my next question tied to this is, can a narcissist do a successful mediation or do you have to fight it out in court? I've had a a few people do mediation that worked. I'm not saying a few people that have had it. I would say 97% it doesn't work okay. um, because they, nothing is fair. It's never enough. They want more. They want more. The few that have settling in a mediation are generally the ones who are being given a very big offer and then they'll take it and go away. 
but for the most part, it's a dangerous thing. They're the kinds that will just say no to everything. They come to mediation without a, yes. an, a, a speck of actually cooperating and thinking through things. They're just there because now you're the enemy. Remember, black and white thinking. So right. those are how you would identify it. Because if you were married for 10, 20, 30 years, they should have compassion for you. So that is the biggest sign that someone is not a narcissist, that someone is a narcissist is that they have absolutely no compassion for this person they slept next to her for their 30 years. Right. That's very helpful. Hey, I just wanted to pop in here quick before the saddle up segment and this whole thing winds down. And I want to tell you about my parenting plan online course. It is for you if you are terrified that divorce is going to ruin your children. I'm here to assure you that you can co-parent really well together. And I have an online course that is going to walk you through a parenting plan. You will have a piece of your divorce done. If you want to work with a mediator, you can bring the paperwork in and that portion is complete. It's easy, affordable, quick, and effective. And it will be part of your divorce paperwork if you'd like it to, or you can just use it to co-parent well with another parent. It goes over all the things that you may not be thinking of when you're in the midst of an emotional time like divorce. So please go to lisakoski.com, check on my online courses, and sign up for the Parenting Plan course now because when parents work together, they can mitigate the damages caused by divorce to their children. Here we are for the Saddle Up segment. And for this week's portion of our two-part series with Tracy Malone, the Saddle Up segment is just going to give you the one... Well, there's so many good pieces of information, but the one really important piece that I learned from Tracy this week was that when I asked her, how do you know if someone's a narcissist? She said, you know what? It kind of doesn't matter what you call the person. What matters is that you heal. So if there are characteristics that are like a narcissist and you need healing from them, it doesn't matter what you call the person. The one thing, the one characteristic that stood out was she said, if someone isn't able to have compassion for you, that's a really good indicator. That's probably the most powerful indicator that someone's a narcissist. So if you've ever wondered about that, like I have, that's one way to know. Otherwise, it's kind of on a spectrum. So it was just such a great episode with Tracy, and I can't wait for next week when my client gets to ask her questions. Before I go, I just want to let you know some exciting news. In addition to my online parenting plan course, I now have the Minnesota Divorce paperwork course. This course is going to hold your hand through the mediation process and the Minnesota divorce paperwork. It's easy, effective, comprehensive. You will have what you need 
to file for divorce with this course. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter.